And welcome to Zoom and Zarni. My name is Dustin Zarni, Democratic Commissioner for Onondaga County. And this is my interview show. I'll be interviewing uh, Onondaga Town Board member candidates Justin Polly and Noelle Revis. They're uh, contesting the Onondaga County Town Board, or I'm sorry, Onondaga Town. We have a town in Onondaga County, uh, also named Onondaga. And it's actually a pretty sizable town. And uh, they're taking on the uh, traditional Republican establishment there uh, on the Onondaga Town Board. Uh, and Onondaga has gone over, you know, has, a, has, has become more and more purple over the last few years. So it's an interesting uh, um, race to follow, but watch them because uh, they are great and uh, enthusiastic candidates. And I think uh, they're really going to put in a lot of time and effort uh, this fall to win your votes. So stay tuned for that interview. We got two big pieces of news to cover before we get into the interview. Uh, the first uh, is the New York State Board of Elections uh, certified new voting machines last night. Um, they certified new systems from Dominion, Clear Ballot, and ESNS. Onondaga County has decided to go with Clear Ballot. We had an RFP process earlier this year, and we were waiting for certification to start to announce that. That in, we will be doing the Clear Ballot system for this fall's general election. So stay tuned, we'll be doing a press release and press conference and demonstration next week of this new system. This is actually the culmination of a two-year project uh, at our board uh, to get the financing in place and select the new system. And we're rolling it out for this general election. We can't be more excited to do so. Uh, finally, um, of course, the other big piece of news is the indictment of former President Donald J. Trump on uh, obstruction and conspiracy to obstruct official proceedings. and But all of those indictments really roll into that he tried to use lies and fraud to manipulate uh, co-conspirators and also uh, the general public into stopping the properly uh, um, the proper function of casting the electoral votes on January 6th, which culminated in the riot and the insurrection on the Capitol. This is actually an election matter. Uh, it is not something that is like the, uh, the Mar-a-Lago case, which had to do with, uh, um, you know, him allegedly uh, stealing uh, classified documents or mishandling classified documents and now obstructing that um, uh, uh, as well. It, it doesn't have, you know, this is actually an election case and it is the one that has the most direct uh, impact on elections. So I, I'm not gonna spend a lot of time on that today. Uh, I wanna think about this and how to respond. And in fact, next week, I plan to have my Zoom with Zarni uh, kind of interrupt the flow of having candidate interviews I'm bringing in a special friend, and um, I'll announce that. Uh, I, I guess I'll announce it now. Judge uh, Steve Doherty, who's a former prosecutor and former county court and city court judge. We're going to come in and talk about uh, this. Uh, his unique perspective, I think, will uh, you know allow us to have a, a good conversation about these this in, this uh, series of indictments that happened uh, about uh, former President Trump. So stay tuned for next week for that, um, because I'll, I'll talk about it more. But obviously, this is something that is 
tantamount to the rule of law, the our our democracy, and it's not just about him spreading lies. You, as the indictment says, you have the right to lie. You have the right to uh, believe and lie and say and contest elections. What you don't have a right to do is commit fraud, and and in doing so. Uh, have an insurrection that will stop the physical counting of votes. That's what has happened here. And that is why it's so important for this case to move forward and to move forward before the 2024 election. Uh, President Trump is an announced candidate, but he's not the nominee uh, for the Republican Party. And, uh, the, you know, so there is still time before June of next year, August of next year, uh, to uh, have this trial and have the American people know the evidence that it's out there one way or the other. So I'm glad that uh, Liverpool's own uh, Jack Smith uh, has brought these uh, charges, and it'll be hard for the country to go through, but it is something that we will have to go through because it is the only way to put this violent part of our history behind us. So now, <laughs> stay tuned for my interviews with Justin Polly and Noel Revis of uh, Onondaga, of the town of Onondaga who are running for Onondaga Town Board in this fall's election. Bye-bye. And we're back. And I'm very happy to have uh, my old good friend and my new friend, Justin Polly and Noel Revis. You are running for Onondaga Town Board. Uh, welcome to Zoom with Zark. Thanks Thank you so us. much, Dustin. Good to see you again. Good to see you. So, uh, you know, we're now starting to get into the thick of it. Even though it's the summer, uh, most of the caucuses have happened now. We're starting to know uh, who our town candidates are. And you just had your caucus in Onondaga, and both of you put your names in for Onondaga Town Board. But before we get started, why don't we, uh, you know, talk a little bit about who you are? So we'll start with you, Justin. Who's Justin Polly? Uh, yes. Yeah, so again, thanks, Dustin, for having us on. Um, so I'm Justin Polly. Uh, I live in uh, Nedro. My wife and I uh, bought her grandparents' house about eight years ago, 2015. Uh, and a few years after that, we had our son Jackson, who's going through the OCS district now. Um, I'm from the area originally. I used to live up in when I was a kid. I lived up in Liverpool. Um, when I was really little, about five years old, we moved out to Wyoming. I spent most of my childhood out in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Um, and then when I graduated high school a few years later, uh, I came back to this neck of the woods. I came back to central New York, um, mostly because there was just more education opportunity. I went to OCC, uh, got a two-year degree uh, in education. Uh, immediately after that, I uh, went to Lemoyne. I got a degree in history and a certification in uh, teaching social studies. Um, and then I went a little job hopping. I went to a couple different districts, um, you know, for, you know, short-term jobs or long-term uh, substituting, substitute teaching. Uh, and then I finally got my uh, job where I'm at now at Fayetteville Manlius. Um, love it. I, I love my career. I love teaching. I love history. Uh, it's a great combination of just passions I have. And, uh, you know, I'm going into, I think, if my math is right, the 80th year of my family being in the education professor profession. My grandfather was a uh, PE teacher. He got his degree in the 40s, uh, served World War I, World War II, and then immediately started teaching. 
My mom was a teacher uh, for 35 years, retired a few years ago, and I'm I'm kind of carrying on the torch. So um, that's kind of me in a nutshell. I've, I've traveled a, a, a lot when I was younger, um, but in the past eight years, um, I, I've settled down here. I've settled down here in the town of Onondaga and settled down with my family uh, in Nedro in the OCS district, and I, I couldn't be happier with that. And Noel, uh, same question to you. Who's Noel Reles? Uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. Sure, yeah. So I've lived in the town of Onondaga for roughly 35 years, um, with the exception of I left to go to college at uh, Cornell for four years. Uh, and then I lived in Virginia for almost five years, where I got my PhD at the College of William and Mary uh, in marine science. And when I was finishing up my PhD, my husband and I had our daughter. So we chose to move back to Onondaga Hill uh, to raise our family. Uh, I'm an OCS alumni, and I now, uh, I think six years ago, we bought my parents' house that I grew up in, and we live in that house now, and I've been on the Onondaga Central School Board um, for about five years now. Uh, when we first moved back, I served as an adjunct professor at SUNY Cortland for four years and at OCC for eight years. And for the past three years, I have been on faculty in the biology department at Hamilton College, where I teach biochemistry and genetics labs. That's awesome. Both of you have interesting combinations of, Justin, you moved away and then came back for school and stayed. And Noelle, you were here the whole time, went away for school, but then came back here to stay. And both of you have connections to OCC, which is right in the heart of the town of Onondaga, um, but you are running for Onondaga Town Board. So uh, we'll start with you, Noel, with this question. What is the town board consist of and why is it important? Uh, so I have to be honest, this is a question that I didn't know a lot about a year ago when I started getting involved in my local town politics. Um, I was like, you know, I've lived in the town since I was about three years old. My family moved here and I have no idea what the town board does. And to me, that right there is a huge problem um, that I don't know what they do. Uh, talking to people since then, I've learned a lot more about our town board um, and things that they have done and other things that they could do that they don't do. Um, like Trash pickup is something our town board could be in charge of. Zoning is something our town board could be in charge of, is in charge of. Um, and development is a big thing in our town. Um, as the kind of demographics of our town change, thinking about the needs of the people that live here. And I think that that's something um, that our town government needs to be uh, aware of and thinking about the future plan for our town. And Justin, same question to you. What's a town board member and why is it important? Yeah, it, it, I'll reiterate exactly what Noel said, and I think it's a huge problem across the entire county and probably the entire country that people really don't know the thick of what a town board member or town government in general is responsible for, and it turns out quite a bit. Um, New York, we we have that stereotype, and I know you know this, Dustin, that you know we, you know, it's all big government and everything's coming from Albany, and Albany controls everything, and. And actually, the towns have a lot of authority uh, in a lot of different realms. Uh, again, like Noel said, uh, zoning and planning is a huge piece of what our towns do. What do you want your neighborhoods to look like? What is density going to look like? What is housing going to look like versus commercial development? Um, should we have mixed-use development in our towns? 
These are questions that the towns get to dictate. And that is crucially important, especially when we look at long term. Um, you know, one of the things that you know we would like to see done, and it's, I'm jumping the gun a little bit, is we'd like to see a more well-rounded, well-thought-out, 10-year comprehensive plan going forward. Uh, we have a version of it, but it's not really um, it's not really cutting it for long-term planning, in our opinion. Um, but yeah, the, the town is they have a lot of authority on a lot of different subjects. They have uh, they have authority to you know replace vacancies in elected offices, which they can do in a, a lot of different ways, with uh, with very few exception. Um, in terms of just the run of the mill, the meetings themselves, they have a lot of authority to dictate how their meetings are run and when they're run. Um, and you know whether or not they're going to be filmed. Uh, so these are things that we'd like to start to have much wider conversations about as we go forward, as we talk to voters. And frankly, if and when we get elected, that we want to have these conversations, which aren't necessarily happening in the current town board. You know, there, I'm going to kind of throw a little curveball at you here because you brought up something that is actually very near and dear to me as an advocate for local government is about transparency. Uh, what is the town board? What do they do now for transparency? And what would you like to see them do? Uh, we'll start with you, Justin. So, um, for, like, for one thing, I'll just throw in two examples that we know. Uh, I'll start with vacancies because that's something that's happened quite a bit. Um, when, in my opinion, I'll, I'll tell you what I think should be happening, and then I'll tell you what our town does. I believe if there's a vacancy in elected office or the planning or zoning board, that should be made very clear, you know, as soon as possible when it happens to the people that there's a vacancy in one of these offices. Um, there should be an application process by a deadline. There should then be an interview process, which is done, you know, in public, but there might be some private interviews as well as 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 is with any job. And then they narrow down the field and they choose from the applicants. Right now, we have no idea how this process is done. Uh, it's you know, it certainly is not made clear that vacancies happen. Um, it certainly it, there is no application process that we are aware of, unless we are in the know, which you know most of the people in the town are not. Um, and then, you know, there might be an improved interview process, but because there's no open um, transparency of when these are happening and no application process, we have no idea. Um, the other thing are the meetings themselves. Like I said, and, and Noelle and I have talked about this quite a bit, we're kind of blown away, number one, that the meetings start at 5 p.m., which is when if you're working a nine to five job, you ain't going to that meeting. <laughs> and they're not broadcasted. They're not live streamed. There's no option to watch the meeting. So we see that it was two huge transparency related problems. And I'm sorry if I took any of them from you, Noel, but those are those are real big problems that we find with our local government. Yeah, I, I would just add to that. You know, we've been, I, as I said, I've been on the Onondaga Central School Board for five years. And since the pandemic, we've been live streaming our meetings, people can zoom into them, or they can just watch them. And we, we don't know who watches them, but people are able to watch them. Um, and I think that that's really important. And that's something Justin and I want to change on day one is to make the meetings um, at a time when working people can actually attend them, and to make them live stream so people can watch them at their convenience and, re and recorded as well for future viewing. You know, it's not often that I'm a little speechless, but that I did not know that the town board started its meetings at 
5 p.m. Not Dustin. only is that prohibitive for the public to do it, but mm. it's probably prohibitive for candidates to be able to run for this office to be uh, available at 5 p.m. That's it, amazing. It, it hasn't been easy. And I, I looked this up because I'm, I'm, I'm somebody who does his research. We're the only town who has it at 5 p.m. And we're the earliest town. Most towns have their meetings at around 6.30, maybe 6, maybe even a little later. I think maybe some of the, there's one town that has it like at 7.30, which I would argue is probably too late in the day. But most of them are in the 6 to 6.30 range. We're way early. And it, uh, to me, it's just logic. If you work a nine to five job, you're not going to that meeting because you can't go to that meeting. And I think that's a major problem. That yeah, that that definitely is a major issue. Uh, and uh, I mean, and it's not like the town of Onondaga is a small town. Uh, at uh, nearly twenty thousand voters, uh, it's one of the larger towns in on in Onondaga County. It's a growing town, and also it's a town uh, with growing demographics. I, I haven't done a weekly walk on this one yet. I've been waiting for candidates to come in. I'll do one probably later in August. It'll be one of my first ones that I do, um, you know, in August or September. Uh, but it's a town that is changing its demographics. Yet the town board has a pretty particular set of demographics, if I remember right, and as well as the town supervisor. So, Noel, um, we'll start with you. Uh, you kind of, you know, talked about this too, but that we are, it is a changing demographics town. What kind of uh, role are you hoping to bring in your candidacy and hopefully in your representation to the Onondaga County uh, or Onondaga Town Board? Uh, yeah, so the average age of our town councilor is 61, um, and the youngest member of our town board is 58. Um, and I appreciate these people uh, running and giving their time, but I don't think that that accurately represents young families in the area. Um, and we have a lot of young families, as you said, the changing demographics of our area um, and the diversity of our town. Uh, it includes seven different school districts. Several years ago, uh, the Burns Dairy, who is a nice local business, has been on the hill since I was a kid. Um, we bought our milk in glass bottles from Burns Dairy since as long as I can remember. Um, they wanted to expand and they got a lot of pushback from the town. And I went to a town hall meeting about it. And a woman got up and said, you know, I live near the middle school. And I was like, what, what middle school? There's seven, at least parts of seven different school districts in our town. So it's extremely diverse. Um, and in that same, as we were knocking doors, a lot of people said to me, you know, the town gave the burn dairy such a hard time. And the burn dairy is the best thing that ever happened to our town. Um, so I think it's important to think about that balance that Justin was talking about, about um, commercial and residential, and thinking about that in terms of the tax burden on our residents, and also having some amenities in the area. And when it's like a nice local business, we need to think about those type of things. And I think that we can have some responsible planning um, for some amenities, um, some com commercial expansion in some areas without um, you know, the turnpike becoming like a boulevard, which I have heard is a fear of some of the current town representatives. And Justin? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think what, what Noelle and I bring as a pair is is that we're raising kids right now in the district. You know, I, I have my son and Noelle has three. Um, and we 
we're, we want to see long term. You know, we're we're not going anywhere. Um, so we really want to see a, a, a town that grows in a in a in a really well planned and developed way, uh, and not sporadic. Um, I count when you know the town I lived in out in Wyoming. It was Jackson Hole, and it was a very affluent town. You know, I'm not I'm not <laughs> nearly affluent enough to be from a Jackson Hole, but it's a very affluent town. But they really focused a lot on walkability and bikeability, um, and 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 smart density because density is is something that I get it. There there's worries about it, but I don't think we need to be completely fearful of the results because a lot of younger families, as they're choosing where am I going to live, if they're going to live in Central New York. Which we know the we know the bulk of the uh, because of Micron we know the bulk of the population is going to move north like that's not that's not a secret but we're a potential place that people can move into too and younger families are going to move into places that have solid school districts which I think we do across the board I think all seven are good districts you know and there's rural there's suburban there's a little bit of everything um, but they're also going to be looking at the neighborhoods and the density of the neighborhoods what kind of shopping do you have what kind of entertainment do you have what kind of um, any any broad base of available goods and services, and uh, it, you know, I think that our town has restricted where commercial development can be done in a in such a way that it's really hard to make density happen. Which is something that I think younger families are thriving for when they look for a place to live. Um, so you know, that's something in terms of our, like you said, our demographics are changing. It is getting younger. Uh, it is getting more. You know, I'll throw a party into it. It's getting more democratic and it's getting more independent at the same time, both of them. Um, it's getting more ethnically diverse. We're having a lot of uh, African-American families moving in. We have a big native population because we border uh, the, uh, the Haudenosaunee Nation. Uh, we have a lot of uh, migrant families who are moving into this area. And we need to be reflecting that and we need to be very aware of these changes as we get new representation on the board. And again, I think, you know, both Noel and I have that awareness as it's coming in. Well, you brought up Micron, and I actually think um, Adidaga is actually probably a prime place where people are going to live. And while I know that, um, you know, Cicero and Clay seems like the logical alternative, a lot of uh, land spaces in, in Clay is going to be taken up by Micron itself. And, and also, you know, it's hard to further develop Clay and and Cicero seems to be rejecting every multi-residential uh, uh, apartment building that it can, and and you know in the southern tier is a very underpopulated part of our county, and there's a lot of land out in Onondaga that can be developed. So I mean, what you know again another little bit of a curveball, but we brought it up with Micron. Uh, what do you think Onondaga, the town of Onondaga, should be doing to prepare? For the Icron, um, or Icron, Micron, uh, uh, resurgence that is going to happen to our area in the next five to ten years. And we'll start with you, Justin. Uh, sure, I think. Well, point blank, we're right now. We have a twenty-year master plan in place. It was written. The bulk of it was written in two thousand seven, and it did have two updates in twenty fifteen and twenty seventeen. Um, but a lot of the language in this document dates back to 1988 and in in some cases to 1975 we need to do a top to bottom complete redrafting of our plan and again i, I don't want to call it a master plan anymore it has to be a comprehensive land use plan 
It has to be, what do we want to see out of this town over the course of the next 10 years? Because like you said, we have a lot of development possibilities. And one thing for me, for me, and I, I won't speak for Noel, I, I don't want to come in with all the ideas of what to develop and where, but I do want a broad plan of where we want to see ourselves in 10 years. We all do it as individuals. We all do the even cognitively, where do I see myself in five years? We have to do that as a town. And our our master plan is not cutting it the way it's designed. Uh, they didn't even post this master plan on their website until January of 2023, this year. It wasn't even accessible to the people until January of 2023. So I read it once it was <laughs> developed and I saw this is not an acceptable plan for the future. It's going to have to be redrafted. It has a 20-year ex expiration date, which was 2027, which means whoever is elected this year is going to start the process of redrafting that plan. So that's that th to me, that's everything of the next decade, the next two decades. It, and we have got to get people, again, who are raising kids now, who are raising their families now, to be a part of the redrafting of that plan that could be in place for the next 10 to 20 years. And Noel, uh, Micron, how's it going to change Onondaga? And what do you want to do to prepare for it? Um, so one of the things I think that we haven't mentioned so far is Nedro, which is where Justin lives, is one of the few places that the town of Onondaga kind of allows any type of commercial development. Um, but it's not well maintained. There is a pizza hut that's been closed there for uh, at least five years, I think, and a new business hasn't come in. Um, there's not really a place to go out to dinner in Nedro. Um, I think Nedro is a real missed opportunity, but we actually have Latavius Murray of the Buffalo Bills, who is an OCS alumni, who is building a community center in Nedro. And I think we could do a lot to really build up Nedro with this community center coming in as well. And it's also um, one of the only places in our town that has affordable housing that um, for lower income. I know the um, Onondaga County report on affordability of housing, um, town of Onondaga ranks, you know, most exclusive, most difficult to buy a home. Um, and I think Nedro could really be a big part of that. Um, and there's also room in Southwood, which is part of the town of Onondaga, and most people don't realize. Um, uh, Justin mentioned the master plan. I believe there was a plan for a park in Southwood written in 2007 that still hasn't come to fruition and is still a vacant lot. Um, so I'd really like to hear from the people who live here now, who are raising young families here now, of how they want to see our town develop, what, what type of amenities they want to see. And um, I know housing affordability is a big thing that Justin and I both feel really strongly about. Yeah, I, I think that's a very underrated uh, part of the county is Nedro, and um, and it's easy access to 81 and 481 will be key for Micron residents that are coming into the North Country. You, people from other parts of the country go, you know, have two-hour commutes, and it's it's nothing. And we talk about a five-minute commute in Syracuse like it's the end of the world. But the people who will be coming in for Micron will see a 20-minute commute to work and think they are on cloud nine, especially with the uh, uh, housing affordability in Nedro, and especially if you can add amenities uh, to the to the neighborhood. Yeah, we got Green Hills, great grocery store, uh, but, uh, you know, but and the McDonald's, 
and uh, you know they, they could use a little bit more down there. Uh, but uh, um, so what you know, we talked a little bit about some things that you want to do, but let's talk about when you're uh, when you're elected. What do you want to do in your first term? What are the areas that you want to focus on? No, Noel, we'll start with you. Okay. Um, I'm probably going to reiterate a lot of things we already said. Our day one is make meetings at a time people can attend them. Um, increase communication and transparency. Live stream our meetings and record them. Um, we also had a big push, as Justin said, the master plan just became available in January of this year. Um, and I think a lot of that was due to the pressure that Town of Onondaga Democrats put on the town of Onondaga in Ryan Seusser's campaign last fall. Um, a lot of the critiques of the current town board, they responded, they did update their webpage, they share their um, meeting agendas and things like that. And we, we wanna keep pushing them to do more of that. And when we're elected, we want to do more in terms of transparency and communication. And I think it's gonna be really important, like Justin said, um, coming up with a 10 year plan, thinking about where we wanna be in 10 years and getting community input on that. Cause I don't pretend to know um, what that plan looks like, um, but just talking to people and getting out and getting signatures. We talked to a lot of people who have different ideas. Some, a lot of people want trash pickup. Um, they'd love to see more expanded programs um, in terms of sports, youth sports and things like that. So that's, those are all things that are on the table that I think are going to be really important to young families in our town. And Justin, when you're elected, what do you want to do first term? Sure. Um, I'll, I'll, you name drop my neighborhood. So I'll, I just <laughs> want to say a few things about Nedro. Um, I, 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 I genuinely love living here. I really do. And it, and it is what what I feel about Nedro is that this a, a lot of this was made and developed uh, a good chunk of it in in the fifties. I'm living in a house that was built in 1954, uh, purchased, built, and bought by the Greatest Generation, and um, you know that's what Nedro was. It's it's a very kind of just you know run of the mill you know some blue collar, some you know middle class, some slightly upper middle class families living here, and they're still living here, and it it, it is a great community, but it, it it's had a lot of um, I don't want to say neglect, like it's not purposeful in any way. It's just something's happened to it. And I think most Nedro natives feel that they can't quite pinpoint what it is, but I think it's true. Um, and I think with the community center coming in, which I think is, is great. And, and, and I do, there are some local businesses down here that are wonderful, you know, like Green Hills, uh, and, and others up and down that one mile corridor, but that is such a great opportunity for our kids in this neighborhood to, you know, have something. And it is an opportunity for the town to not just let somebody else take the lead. They, you know, Latavius is taking the lead on this project, and I think that's excellent. But the town can also step up its game in helping out Nedro, too, and making it a place that is a destination of affordable housing. So I, I just wanted to say that it's my neighborhood, and I wanted to I wanted to push that. Uh, in terms of uh, kind of, you know, my first term, you know, one reality that I know is a part of this is, you know, Noel and I, if we're both elected, which I think we will be, I think we have an absolute really good chance of getting elected this year. If we are, we're automatically in the minority because it's a five-person board. So we would have the supervisor, the two incumbents who are not running, and then it would be us. Um, so what we're able to do depends on, are we able to convince the other three, or at least one of the other three, Hey, 
this is not a Republican or Democratic idea that we're trying to push. This is just common sense. And I think a, a lot of those common sense things that we're talking about in terms of moving the meetings, live streaming the meetings, uh, making uh, um, the appointees much more transparent, those aren't Democratic ideas. Those are just good government. And to me, I think those are the things that we can get done efficiently and quickly in that first year. That the master plan, or excuse me, the comprehensive plan change. That's a big. That's a big long term thing that we're going to be consistent on and pressuring on. But that's not even a first term thing. That's a first two terms thing, uh, which I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna go that far until we get to that point. But there's a lot of those smaller, you know, uh, you know, transparency issues that we can absolutely start. And it does start on day one. They choose the times to meet. They choose the method of delivery of information at their very first meeting in January. So we are going to be pretty forward about what we want at our very first meeting when we're inaugurated into the office. So it's going to be an interesting first meeting, but I think it's going to be worth it. And if they don't live stream that meeting, we'll bring in people to record that meeting because that'll be a fun meeting to watch. You are, And I don't sell yourself short. Just being in the minority doesn't mean that you can't affect change because you've already done it. You got them to put the comprehensive plan on uh, line just by asking questions, just by going to the meetings, just by running candidates in, in the last several cycles. Maybe they weren't successful, but because they were running, these things have already changed. And when you do win, you'll have that much more uh, ability to make that change. And I think that's, you know, you won't be making it begrudgingly. You'll be making it for the people. And that's something that's very important. Um, and I think uh, already we're starting to see, uh, you know, some some of that. And if you see what happened to Manlius, you know, I always use Manlius as my gold standard in recent years. They've they they started off small, got a one town board member, and then all of a sudden they flipped it, and that now they have uh, and the people have rewarded them because they have brought the government back to the people, and the people have brought them back to the government. So that's uh, that's good. But we're starting to get to the end of uh, how, what I normally like to record on here. So I'm going to end with my uh, final question that I always end with, um, and we'll start with you, Justin. What haven't we talked about? So this is a free range. You can talk about anything, talk about your dog, talk about your kids, whatever you want, or an issue that we haven't touched on or anything else. So you're up, Justin. What haven't we talked about? Uh, just two things, and I'll be quick. Uh, number one, uh, and you said it already, you know, it, it really takes candidates running to do anything. Uh, you know, it irks me every single year I see in any town, in any village, in, in whatever election, when it goes uncontested. And I'm, I mean this sincerely, on either side, it, it kind of bugs me because that's not democracy at work if we don't have competition, if we don't have options. And when I first moved here in 2015, we went through multiple cycles uh, on and off where we didn't have a single competitive race or a single contested race in the town level. And that really irked me. I'm like, what, what's going on here? We, we've got to start having conversations. We have to, it, no government is perfect. You know, every single government, no matter who's in charge, has things that's not working. And I, I think the town of Onondaga, you know, parts of it work fine, parts of it don't. And we really need to start having those conversations 
and Noel and I, you know, there are people who preceded us, uh, predated us, uh, Irene Workman and Ryan Susser. And now it's our turn to continue that conversation of we have to do this. We have to compete, have a conversation. And when we're elected, we will continue this conversation. It's not going to go away. And then the other thing I'll just say is I believe in government and their role in the arts. Dustin and I go way back. We go back almost, I think we were saying 15 years we go back, um, you know, doing theater together. And I believe that there is a role in government supporting the art. And I, I think that that's something, again, what is it in the town of Onondaga? I don't know, but that's a conversation I want to have openly with my fellow board members, with my community of what do we want to do here? Do we want to have a, where we just, you know, OCS just started doing a summer theater program, which I'm really proud to be involved, involved with, uh, you know, what other parts of the arts can the town of Onondaga really help elevate uh, among our community? Noel, same question to you. What haven't we talked about yet? Okay, I think we've been pretty comprehensive. Um, I wanted to say one thing, kind of piggybacking off Justin saying, some, you know, some, some things work really well and some things not so much. Um, one thing that is amazing about the town of Onondaga is our Parks and Recreation Department. Um, it's absolutely awesome. We have some great local parks where we're hosting an event at Kelly Park on August 5th to um, the town of Onondaga Democrats is hosting an event to meet local candidates. I think every countywide Democratic candidate on the ballot this November is attending, and Justin can correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, we will. We have, I think, almost every single one, and then uh, we'll have, uh, we'll actually be having our congressional candidates as well. We invited, and they said it, and I, I think it might be the first time the three congressional candidates will be in the same room at the same time, so we're excited for that. So, yes. so come come see us, Kelly Park, August 5th. Six, I think yes, this will be airing by then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so our town of Onondaga Parks and Rec Department is awesome, um, but one thing is that really anybody who has talked to me in the past couple of years before I even like started thinking about town government, um, one thing is that our parks aren't always open. Um, I drove by like over spring break and the, the gate to Santoro Park was locked. When kids were on spring break, the sun was shining, it was 70 degrees out. Um, I've also been at that park when my kids were really little and the bathrooms were locked. Um, and I always joke with people that I feel like I can just tell everybody I'm going to somehow figure out a way to make sure those bathrooms are unlocked. And every family, every parent in the town of Onondaga will be in favor of that um, because there's nothing worse than when you are potty training a child and don't have bathrooms available to you at our parks. Um, so I think that's a, a super small change that we can hopefully affect um, with our great town of Onondaga uh, Parks and Recreation Department. Well, Noel and Justin, it's been such an honor to have you on uh, Zoom and Zarni. And I also just want to say thank you for running. Uh, it's hard to run for office. Uh, and when you're running for a town board seat, it's not like you're doing it for immense amounts of money and glory. You're doing it because you care about your community. And that it, that's not often talked about. A lot of people do that like, you know, this is like five people in the back room and they, they all make the decisions, but it takes hundreds of people like you running for office across the state, even in our county on a local year, we might have about a hundred offices up this year. So that's a lot of people that are uh, give, taking their time out with not a guaranteed win, but, but willing to put their name out there. So I want to thank you. Um, we're going to put all your links in the show notes. So, Go follow Noel. Go follow Justin on Facebook. Follow the Onondaga Town Democrats on fa Facebook. Go to the ice cream uh, event. Uh, I wish I could be there because I love ice cream. 
Unfortunately, I'll be in Columbus, Ohio that day. But uh, I, 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 you know, I'm sure I'll not be a stranger to out there in Onondaga. And of course, uh, if uh, um, you need anything, uh, you know, uh, you can always call, contact me. But uh, people in the town of Onondaga, we have two fine candidates. Uh, and I hope that you uh, follow them and hear their story this year. So uh, thank you thanks, thanks guys so much, again Jeff, for coming Jeff. on. Thank yeah, you so thanks much. Thanks for having us. And that was my interview with uh, Justin Polly and Noel Revis of Onondaga Town Board. Uh, incredible candidates. Please go follow them in the links uh, in, in uh, uh, that I have in the show notes. Uh, if you're in the town of Onondaga, they always need volunteers. They always need help. So contact them. And of course, you know, cast your vote this fall uh, uh, and use your political, uh, you know, use your conscience to vote uh, this fall and to, to vote this fall. Um, coming up this week, uh, this weekend on the weekly walk, I plan on doing the town of Geddes. Um, that's another uh, area that has some uh, candidates in this fall. We'll be talking to those candidates later on in the fall. Uh, but the town of Geddes is uh, going to be part of my weekly walk, getting back into the political subdivisions. And next week, uh, Tuesday's Commissioner Carr, um, we'll be talking about the removal of our old image cast machines. Uh, now that we're moving on with a clear ballot, um, that next week will be all about the removal of machines. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Uh, and then uh, finally, uh, on uh, uh, Thursday, I will have my Zoom with Zarni with uh, Judge Steve Doherty, good friend and uh, former county court judge uh, and uh, prosecutor with the Onondaga County DA's office. And we'll be talking about the indictments and what they might mean and uh, how they may move forward. Thank you very much and enjoy your day. Bye-bye.